If you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn to 1 Kings 6, 17. 2 Kings 6, 17. Who's that smart aleck out there said that? Huh? 2 Kings 6, 17. We're going to be talking about limitations. Limitations. You know you've all got limitations. Do you know that? Stand up, you young people. Every one of you. Come on, choppy chop. We'll see. I didn't know if you guys consider yourself young people or not, but I guess you do. You know you guys got limitations? There are things that you cannot do. You know that? All right, you can sit down. But you can stand up. I appreciate that. Thank you for... But we all have limitations. And the last couple of weeks, I've been speaking on hope and the power of hope. And I do want to tell you this morning also that I, that I do have an agenda. I say this from time to time. Every few weeks I tell you I have an agenda. So if you're uh, sitting out there and you think, oh, he's got an agenda, you are exactly right. I have an agenda. I am trying to convince you. I'm trying to show you. I'm trying to illustrate things from the Word of God for you. And my agenda is no more, no less that for the blessings and the power of God to be manifested in your lives, whether it's you as an individual or whether it's your marriage or whether it's your children or whether it's in your career or whether it's in your schoolwork, whatever the case may be, each and every one of us need the, the power of God and the blessing of God to be manifested in every area of our lives. And see, really, basically, not to get off too far off topic, but see, the reason is, is because if you're a born-again child of God, we should live a life that brings glory to God. Now, we all know sometimes we fail. So I'm not talking about that you never fail, that you never make a mistake. I'm not talking about that, but we should have more victories and failures. How many can agree with that? Amen. We should have. So we should live a life that brings glory to God. Amen? So that's why I say I have an agenda, and I think that my agenda lines right up with what God's agenda is. Just like the children of Israel, God wanted to lead the children of Israel into the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And I think his agenda has not changed. His agenda is the same thing today as it was way back then. He wants his children blessed. Now, there is one little difference there. They were the, in the Old Testament, they were the children of Israel. They were God's chosen people. You are not the children of Israel. You are not God's chosen people. You are God's children. Amen. Now, how many of you would rather be a child of God than just a, a favor of God just in the, without the blood of Jesus? Which is better? I'll tell you which is better. I knew you was wanting to know. I'll tell you which is better. It's a whole lot better to be a child of God because if you're a child of God, you get an inheritance from God. Amen. Amen. How many is ready for an inheritance? <laughs> Glory to God. Me too. Me too. So the last two weeks we've talked about hope. And the reason we've been looking at hope is because hope is the forerunner to faith. 
You will never have faith if it does not start with hope. A lot of times we try to bypass that. We try to go straight to faith, straight to the important thing, straight, straight to, the, to the steak or the filet mignon, you might say. And that's not the way it works. Faith starts with hope. And the scripture says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. That's the first part. We'll talk about the latter part in the weeks to come. So it's important for us to see that hope is very important in our faith walk. Even if we go all the way back. Now, some people say, oh, I don't want to hear about that faith stuff. But here's the thing. If you go to Romans 10, 9, and 10, it says, and that's we, most of us have seen that scripture when we got saved, uh, talking about our salvation. That scripture actually says that this is the message of faith which we preach. So if it was faith that brought you from being a child of wrath, a child of judgment, and transferred you over to being a child of God in line for the blessings of God and in line for an inheritance from God, don't it just make sense that we need faith to continue on with God's blessings in our life? How else do you think the blessings of God is going to get in your life? You think it's going to just be by happenstance if you, you know, if you just happen to slip in the right service or you actually end up making it to the right church or, or maybe, maybe if I attend on Wednesday night, maybe that'll do it. No, that's not, not, no. It's about faith. It's about believing just like salvation. It's about believing with faith and we cannot believe with faith until we understand hope. Amen. Amen. Two weeks ago, I talked about two different types of hope. A hope in the natural, where, where we look at our own strengths and our own abilities, you know, and I, I, I hope I can get that boat loose, or I hope I can pick this up, or I hope I can pay for my car, or I hope I can pay for my house, on and on and on. Or the, or the hope of winning the lottery. I mentioned that. You know, we hope that we hope that all of these things are going to just by chance fall in place and we're putting all of our hope of all these thousands of things, just maybe they'll be just right and my wishes will come true. Well, that's a poor, that's a poor percentage of getting your hopes to come true, I'll tell you. A very poor percentage. And then last week we talked about uh, David and Goliath. How King Saul, he had all of these things, he was taller than everybody else. You know, he had his helmet and his sword and he had his breastplate. But still, when he looked over at Goliath and Goliath tormented him for 40 days, when he looked at Goliath, he had no hope in God whatsoever. The only place King Saul had hope was in his sword and he knew it wasn't big enough. The only place he had hope was in his armor, and he knew it wasn't strong enough. But then here comes David, didn't have a sword, didn't have a shield. 
He didn't have nothing except he had hope in God. And that's why David said, I come to you in the name of the Lord. Because David knew his limitations. He knew that he could not do it. I said last week, every one of you in here, there will be a time in your life when you'll have a situation standing before you that you cannot do on your own. And it doesn't matter if you're a 136 or what your IQ is. It doesn't matter if you pray every day and read the Word every day. There will be an, uh, an obstacle standing before you that you cannot do with your own hope and with your own ability. But see what David done, he put his hope upon God. He put his hope, and he knew he couldn't do it, but he put his hope on God, and he remembered about the lion, and he remembered about the bear. So, so when he come to David, or when he come to Goliath, it wasn't no big deal to him because he knew God's limitations. How many limitations does God have, I wonder? Somebody tell me. None. He has no limitations. So sometimes it's a mystery how, how, how this David, how this little ruddy boy, the Scripture says, how could he go up against Goliath? I'll tell you how. First he had hope, and we'll look at this in a few weeks. We'll see where his hope comes from. First he had hope, and then he acted on that hope, and that's what faith is. It's when you have a hope, and then you act upon it, that's faith. But see, his faith wasn't in his ability. His faith wasn't, his hope wasn't in his ability. It wasn't in those five stones that he picked up. It wasn't in that little old, little old slingshot thing that he had. That wasn't where his hope was. Can you just imagine? Okay, Goliath, over nine foot tall. What, his spearhead was 15 pounds? His armor alone weighed like 125 pounds. Just, just his armor plate on his chest, 125 pounds. So, think about all the things that had to go right in the natural, if we was talking in the natural. If David had these stones and he had his sling, think of all the things that would have to go right in the natural for him to defeat Goliath, nine foot tall, with all this armor on. I don't think, it would, I don't think it's possible. That's kind of like playing the lottery. But see, his hope wasn't in that sling, and it wasn't in those stones. His hope was in God. Amen. And you're going to face things and you're going to have to have to transfer your hope over to God. And that's got what God wants for each and every one of born again believers. And we have to learn this. And that's why I'm preaching on this uh, the, the next few weeks is because if you're a born again believer of God, we have to transfer our hope from being in my ability, your ability, my IQ, my strength, over to God's. This, we sang a song, my hope is in you. You know, Pastor Mark, I, I heard him say one time, he said that Christian, Christians don't lie, they, 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 they sing lies. Because the song, some of the songs we sing, we don't put those into action. So see, when we sing a song that my hope is in you, guess what we better do? We better put our hope in him. Amen. In every area of our lives. In every area of our lives. Now, here's a problem. I've talk, mentioned limitations a time or two. 
Here's the problem. See, we know our limitations. How many of you guys in here can touch the rim of a, on a basketball court? Raise your hands. How many of you can't? Yeah. How many of you women cook a great apple pie? Okay, the ones with their raised, hands raised, would you write your names down? <laughs> okay. Now, how many, now don't raise your hand on this one. How many women cannot cook a great apple pie? <laughs> Chrissy. You can't? No, but you can have one made. That's exactly right. She can have one made. That's my woman. Yeah, that's a great example. My wife, she knows she can't make a great apple pie, but she knows where to get one. See? <laughs> she knows her limitations. See, we know our limitations. And our limitations hold us back because our hope is on ourselves. But see, we're, we are taught from a time we're, we're, we're little bitty. How many of you still remember what our five senses is? You know, I'd almost forgot about our five senses until I started preparing this message. I'd almost forgot about it. So see, we're, we're taught from very young age, you know, can you see, hear, come on, taste, smell, feel. Yeah, see, we're taught from a young age about our senses. So, you know, and basically it's so hard for us to get past our five senses because that's where we live 24-7. And some of us have lived there 24-7 for a lot of years too. So, so it's so hard for us to get, a, get past these things in the natural. It's hard for us to just start ignoring them. And that's also why our problems or our issues, whatever the case may be, they are so prevalent in our face. It's because they are always there. When you lay down at night, you close your eyes, many times, most of the times, our issues are right there before us. They go around and around and around, right? Right. When we, when we do something, we try to read the Word of God, we try to pray, whatever the case may be, our issues are, are right there in front of us. It's almost like you can taste them. You know, they just, they, they, they just, they just will encompass us if we allow them to. You know why? You know why they do that? Because we know our limitations. And we know that in ourselves, we can't do nothing about it. If we could have, we would have already done it. We would have done that yesterday. We would have done something else. If, if we knew we could have uh, put our marriage back together, if we knew we could have restored our children, if we knew we could have restored our finances, we would have already done it. So see, we know our limitations, and they are always there. And see, that's just like what, what King Saul done. Forty days, Goliath stood there and tormented them, uh, tormented him. And every day, how many of you know, can you think with me just for a minute? How many of you know that every day Goliath came out and tormented King Saul? Every day, Goliath got a little bit taller. How many of you know that? Yeah, he got a little bit taller every time. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness, he's bigger today than he was yesterday. 
because we know our limitations. But God don't have any limitations. Glory to God. Aren't you glad for that? 2 Kings 6. 2 Kings 6. When we look through our natural eyes, now this is really important, so hear, hear this. When we look with our natural eyes at our obstacles before us, you know your limitations, and you do not have the skill set to overcome what you're looking at. You don't. You don't. I mean, there's, you know, there, there's people here. I'm not going to go through the sins, so I'm not even going to go there. But there's people here that have been struggled with the same sin for years and years and years and years. You've done everything you know to do. And yet, that sin still holds on to you. There are people here that have worked on their marriage for years. And they're still just as miserable today as they was back then. They've done everything they know to do. So when we look with our natural eyes at the situation before us, the troubles before us, and our problems before us, we know our limitations, and we do not have what it takes to overcome that. We don't have it. So we all, that's why we have to have our hope in God, because he don't have any limitations. Let me tell you what God's limitations are. Are you ready? His limitations is only his power, his strength, his might, his will is only limited to his word. That's the only thing. So here's the thing. So when we come to a point in life, when we have this obstacle before us, and we know we don't have the skill set to overpower that, and we know our limitations. We know there is no way that we can overpower that. That's when we have to come to the Word of God and understand that God wants us to put our hope in Him where His resources and limitations are limitless. It's true. But you can't do it on your own. The only, pl- only way that you can transfer your hope from your natural ability over to God's ability is if you put the Word of God inside of you. It's the only way. It's the only way. I wish there was a better way. Second Kings. We've only got verse 17. I'm going to start in verse 15. And let me set this, set this up for you just for a minute. This is the account of the prophet Elijah, not Elijah. Elijah was a forerunner to Elijah. And the king was wanting to kill him. Guess where the king was from? Syria. (laughs) How crazy is that? Hmm, you think there's a pattern there? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Some of you will get that next week when you sit on the news. (laughs) So Elijah is at his home and and the king wants to kill him. And then so 
so here's what happens. So the king takes all of his forces, his men and his chariots, and he sneaks up in the middle of the night and surrounds Elijah's house with warriors and chariots. Okay? And then Elijah's servant wakes up the next morning and he looks out the door and you, you know what he's seen. He's seen all of these chariots and all these warriors staring him in the face. All right, now notice this. Verse 15, it says, when the servant of God, uh, the man of, man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, there were horses and chariots everywhere. Now, some of you guys, some of us are in a situation right now. Every morning when we wake up, there are enemies everywhere. There are temptations everywhere. Hey, I'll tell you what a temptation is. I, I know more than that preacher. I don't know why I have to listen to him. I'm not going to do nothing at church. I'm not going to help him. He don't have nothing for me. That's a temptation. Well, I've made it pretty good on my own. I've paid my tithes. I've done this. God got a pretty good deal when he got me. <laughs> yeah, how crazy is that? That's a temptation. <laughs> I, in fact, you know, that's pride. You just know that, right? What, 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 was the, what, was the, what was the devil's major sin? So see, when we're like that, that's like, God's like, oh my goodness, that, uh, he probably shaking his head and saying, that can't be one of mine, probably what he thinks. So sometimes when I talk about these, there, there's all kinds of things. But many times when we wake up in the morning, we have these issues staring us in the face. They are right there every day. And if you don't think that you have any issues, stare, you know, <laughs> you need to pray. No, <laughs> let me rephrase that. No, seriously, I just said that out of response. What you need to do is read the Word of God. Because when you read the Word of God, it's like a flashlight. And that flashlight, I never thought I would do this on stage. <laughs> let me unbutton a couple more. <laughs> See, when we read the Word of God, it's like God takes... Hold on, hold on. I want you to get the full effect, okay? <laughs> All right, see that? See, when we read the Word of God, it's like God takes a flashlight. Hmm, hmm, hey, Rob, look. Oh, Rob, did you miss that over there? Hmm, yeah. Oh, what about over there, Rob? Oh, did you not? Oh, Rob, you missed one. <laughs> and he shows us the problems and the issues that keeps us out of walking in his blessings. Amen. It's true. It's true. I had no plans on doing that. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> and I can't believe I've done that. Chris will get, she'll, she'll get on to me. <laughs> she will. So here, so Elijah is surrounded by chariots, and his servant goes outside and he says in verse 15, he says, Oh, sir, 
what will we do now? The young man cried out to Elisha. What shall we do? They're surrounded by everything. And then, but notice what Elijah said. He says, don't be afraid, Elijah told him, for there are more on our side than on their side. You know that? Do you know that? When you wake up in the morning and all these enemies are around you and they're, they're, they're there. But do you know that you've got more on your side than the devil's got against you? Glory to God. Did you know that? If you don't know that, if you'll read the Word of God, you'll know that. Glory to God, it goes on. And this is what I pray for you today. This is what I pray for all of us today, myself included. Verse 17. Then Elijah said, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes. And notice this, when he looked out, he saw the hillside. Around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. So let me, let me see. Come up here, helpers. Come up here just a minute. But bring your brother with you. Top, top. One, two, three, go. It's a race. Hurry. Go. <laughs> I take it they don't play sports. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> All right, you stand there. No, you stand there because he's, he's bigger than you are. You stand there. All right. You're Elijah. All right. You come out here with me. All right, who else? That front row, you guys come up here just a minute. Yeah, you come up here, buddy. Come up here, Mr. Durr. Come on, come on up, you guys. You guys aren't too old to help. You guys. All right, now you come up here. All right, you stand right there. All right, so here's Elijah. All right, and, he, and, and the servant's up here with him. And he sees these chariots and horses and these warriors. Okay, now do you guys think that Yuns can destroy this guy? You think Yuns can beat him up? You think you can? Do you think they can? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But see, here's what God wants to show us. Just look at all, see all those people out there? They're on your side. Yeah! You see that? See all those people? They're on your side. So now all of a sudden, it's you and all of them against these little old wimpy people. <laughs> yeah, how cool is that? I think we can take them. What do you think? Let's not try. Okay? All right. Hey, thank you guys. Thank you very much. So this is my hope for you today. Lord, open, it says his eyes, open our eyes and let us see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elijah was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Amen. I tell you today, I want to tell you today, don't miss the chariots of fire around you. Raise your hope up. Raise your eyes up. Raise it up. The only way you can raise your eyes up is to read the Word of God. Start in Psalms and Proverbs. If you will read the Word, the Psalms and Proverbs for 30 days, you will be a different person. Many of us made bad decisions for years and years and years, right? Yeah. We did. And if you're kind of still in that pattern, and it's hard to get out of. 
If you're still kind of in that pattern of making bad decisions, if you'll read Proverbs, 30 days from now, you'll be making wise decisions. Amen. It's true. It's true. Amen. Bow your heads with me. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we worship you and we praise you, Father. Father, I just pray for each and every one of us here today, Father, that our hearts will be open to you and that we'll lift our eyes to you and we'll look to you for guidance. We'll look to you for hope. We'll look to you for all the things that we need. We pray these things in Jesus' name. We've talked about limitations today. And here's what God wants us to understand. He wants us to understand that we have limitations. Okay? You and I, we have limitations. But God's only limitations are His Word. That's the only thing that limits Him. Now, now this is very important too. See, our limitations, if you're a born-again child of God, the truth is that your limitations are only what you don't know about the will of God. That's what your limitations are. Because if you get to the point to where you know what God wants for you and you know that He wants the best for you, that's when our hope grows. You will never get to where you want to go with your own hope. You will never get to where you want to go with your own abilities. Only when you place your hope in God and in His Word, only then will you have the hope and the faith to go where God wants you. You cannot get there on your own. So here's what I want you to do. I've been asked this for the last two weeks. I'm going to ask it one more time. Here's what I want you to do. Right now, I want you to make a conscious decision to shift your hope. Whether it's in your marriage or your children or whether it's a personal thing, whether you've been praying for someone at work, whether you're praying for a loved one of your family, whatever the case may be, I want you to shift that hope. From your own personal ability, the way you say something, the way you act around them, the way you talk around them, Whatever the case may be, your strength, you know, if you're white knuckling, if you're trying to not to do something, you're just biting your teeth, you're doing everything you can not to do it. That's not all bad. But I want you to take that hope and your limitations, and I want you to turn that to God's hope and His limitations. Make a conscious effort right now. Just say, thank you, Lord. I'll tell you a good prayer to pray. Thank you, Lord, with all, for all my abilities that you've given me. I accept them, I receive them, but my hope does not rest in my ability. My hope rests in you. Lord, 
Help me open my eyes to your word. When I read it, help me understand. When I read your word, help me receive revelation knowledge of what you want me to do, whether you want me to go to the right or to the left. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Please come if you have a need this morning. Please come if, uh, you know, if you need, if you need a touch from God, it's, it's not from me, but if you need a touch from God, please come. Please come. Amen. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.